0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Public Power Underground. Public we Power Underground is Public Power's premier infotainment program in. that covers public power into and public power adjacent news from a power department's perspective. I'm Paul Dockery, the creative director of Public Power Underground and manager of the power department for Klotzkanite IPUD. In this bonus episode, Matthew Shretnick, Karenheim, and I talked to Deborah Smith, the general manager and CEO of Seattle City Light. We talked to Deborah about the electric utility enthusiast. Trifecta electrification, and markets, and power on, people. We also play a new intermission game where we, we do our own version
1: of a mock draft. Than
0: Matt us. and Karen are regular Those contributors to Public Power Underground, but in case you aren't trust, familiar with our pro- podcast, a brief Sometimes introduction. Matt robust. is the power planning we'll supervisor and staff on, counsel yes, for Eugene Modern Electric Board, normally roll shortened as EWEB. On. EWEB is a water and electric utility that serves the communities of Eugene, Oregon. Matt is a special correspondent for Public Power Underground and a regular participant in these bonus episodes. Karen Heim is the Jamie Tart of Public Power editor-at-large of Public Power Underground, and has a day job as the office administrator for Public Power Council. PPC represents Pacific Northwest consumer-owned utilities on important issues in the region and Washington, D.C. to further its mission of preserving and enhancing the benefits of the federal Columbia River power system and its members. Uh, Before we transition to the conversation with Deborah, a quick word from our presenting sponsor. The presenting sponsor of Public Power Underground is the Energy Authority. The Energy Authority is a nonprofit energy portfolio management company owned by public power entities like us. TEA's mission is to help clients maximize the value of their assets and meet their power supply goals. TEA does this by providing expertise in energy trading advanced analytics, renewable solutions, and a whole lot more. Over 60 public power utilities have partnered with TEA to tackle their energy future. So if you are looking for an energy authority to partner with in navigating the uncertain future of our industry, visit teainc.org. That's t e a i n dot The Energy Authority, there is underground as it gets. Now, I'll hand it over to Matthew Shretnik with the E-Webs Power, webs Power Planning Supervisor and Staff Council and Public Power Special Correspondent to get us started.
2: All right. Today, Karen Paul and I are joined by Deborah Smith to talk about electric utility enthusiasm, market expansion, electrification, and public power people. Deborah is the CEO and General Manager of Seattle City Light.
0: Prior to joining Seattle's community-owned electric utility as its chief executive, she was the general manager at Central Lincoln People's Utility District and Oregon PUD serving the Oregon coast from Reed Sport to Depot Bay.
1: Deborah has a long history of leadership in the Northwest, including positions of increasing responsibility at Eugene Water and Electric Board before Central Lincoln PUD, PUD and holding positions on numerous boards, councils, and panels, including as a recent chair of PPC.
2: Deborah, first question, and what I'm hoping is gonna be the easiest, may we call you Deborah?
3: You can call me Deborah, uh, but I will say this, please call me Deborah. Uh, lots of times I run into people, they're usually, I'm going to make a generalization, this will probably be the first of many, but they're usually older white guys who have a need to call me something more familiar, although most of them, I mean, at my age, most of the older guys are actually dead at this point, but they're not in the work world, but anyway, so they call me Debbie, and then I correct them, and I say, if you want to call me something other than Deborah, call me Deb. So Deb is OK, but Deborah is best. And by the way, does our audience know that I first met your acquaintance, Matt, when I was working at the Eugene Water and Electric Board? And I've had, oh, no, I was already gone, wasn't I? I was already gone, but we met in Portland at PPC meetings. And that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I've been to your house. And I you heard I was coming. And so you got out of there. person. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't Any of yours, Karen, I guess you only have one, but I've never, so far. Seen, I've never seen Sydney in person, but I appreciate when you send me pictures of her and, and uh, Paul, you haven't sent me any pictures of your kids. I don't understand.
0: Not yet. Well, we'll yeah. wait for it. We'll try to figure out, we'll figure out this relationship first and then we'll decide <laughs> if I'm going to send you pictures or not. You know, we have to evolve. There's a level That's of intimacy. Fair. I will call you Deborah, and then we'll see if I send you kid pics. That's the relationship.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Deborah was kind enough. Uh, Still lives in Eugene part of the time. Um, I understand you still have family here in town. And um, when my my son was born, when our first was born, kind enough to come by, say hello, and bring us a dinner. So thank you very much for that. Uh, A little over four years ago.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: But uh, uh but yeah. The, I the, live in Gladstone I...
1: now if you want to bring yep. a uh, one by mm-hmm. when my baby comes in about a month. So <laughs> just yeah. outside Portland. <laughs> <laughs> well
3: nowadays I can I can send you hello fresh or there's all kinds of ways. That's true. Oh, that yeah. is true. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I let the uh I let the narrative get away from me. I don't want to go on without having said this. So welcome to Public Power Underground. Thank you so much for your us. <laughs>
3: Wow. <laughs> well, I uh, I wasn't expecting that, but it does make me feel very welcome, and I'm just happy to be here. And that's it. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thank you. Well, Deborah, in the spirit of optimism and getting the tone right for the rest of the recording, we wanted to start with your thoughts on what's going well. So, what gives you hope for our industry and our region? What's going well?
3: Oh gosh. Well, there's lots of things that are going well, and um, and I actually, because you had all these lists and it, and I felt, you know, so I'm just going to own right up front for our, for our listeners that it makes me nervous to be on a podcast with a bunch of millennials, <laughs> even though, <laughs> even though we did officially, didn't we officially establish that Paul was on the borderline last time we talked? I think. I
0: mean, I prefer elder millennial. Okay. I'm an <laughs> elder millennial. I don't know that Matt actually is a millennial. I don't know if he is may is be Gen Xer. Yeah. You hey, hey, Matt, know. quick question. Do you yeah. identify more? with friends or parks and rec
2: oh god i guess i if i have to choose between those two um yeah parks and rec um but according to wikipedia 81 is the cutoff for millennial and i'm an 81 Okay. okay
3: Well, you're right there, and you get yeah. to decide, right? That's the beauty. You can self-identify as a that's millennial. Right. But I, I
2: self-identify, Parks and Rec, even though no, technically it should be friends.
3: You. So, um, so uh, I, what my point in saying that was that normally when I do these kinds of things, I actually am completely unprepared, and it's kind of become my hallmark. You never know what she's going to say, and that's okay because she doesn't either. But today I actually took a moment to write a few things down. So uh, I've got five things that I think are going well that I'd like to share with us today. Number one, back to office. And I would say, um, how many of you are spending time in your former workplace office? And Karen, you don't count because I don't think you guys have one anymore, do you?
1: No, we do. We are just not. We are going back uh, in May. So right before our meeting is when we'll be back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how about you guys? Paul's uh, in his office.
0: I am in my office. Kotzken <laughs> IPUD is back in person. Yeah. How about
2: you, uh, Matt? We, we're we still trying to figure out where we're going to put everybody. Uh, um, right, yeah, you're, so.
3: yeah. And you're moving stuff. I'd like to talk to you about that sometime offline. Well, we're back in the office and I've been in the office all along, but now we've got people that are in the office. We've asked folks to come back at least one day a week and lots of folks are coming in too and uh, they're enjoying it. So it's kind of, it's really nice. It's just really great. It's like going on a really, really, really long vacation, and you come back and you're really happy to see people that you didn't even really like that much before, but you were gone so long. It's great. Well, the silver people, lining. Yeah, these people I actually really liked, and now we're back together, and it's great. Number two, we're having a cold spring, and um, you know I had to put on fur-lined boots to walk up the hill today, and it was cold. It is cold. So, but higher loads, and in fact, I wish I could. I wish you could all see me because our load, our uh, historical load graph, it looks like a reverse uh, duck curve. It's got this big, or no, it's the hockey stick pop. Remember that one, the hockey stick that we show everyone? Yeah, it looks like that because we've had such cold weather here. And and now, thankfully, it's starting to warm up a bit, but uh, lots of snow in the mountains and better chance of high secondary revenues. So that's good. Um, number three is that infrastructure dollars are just starting to flow we're starting to get a better handle on that and in fact um you know we were talking earlier i know this will show later but grid forward is here in seattle by the way that's another good thing back to in-person meetings and um, they actually had more people want to come than they could accommodate just because I think folks are ready to get out and about. So uh, you know, infrastructure dollars beginning to flow. We're gonna be talking. I'm actually gonna have the opportunity to talk to a couple of folks from DOE about that tomorrow at Grid Forward. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh I think it's gonna be it's gonna be the hunger games, the hunger games of utility funding. Who can who can get there first and get the most? And I'm gonna That's win. exciting
0: to you. That's exciting to you. This this the type A personality I feel like coming up. It's through.
1: like a tame hunger game. Yeah number
3: <laughs> yeah what was that yeah okay uh, number four well yeah. number four uh, we are now uh, this one I really like we all of us on this call and probably everyone who's listening to this call we are now the the new popular kids We're the popular kids on the block. Um, you know, everyone wants to be an energy geek now we've been it all along some of us have suffered through the pain of being labeled and no one wanted to hear about what you did at work and now they mostly still don't want to hear about what we do at work because they would rather deal with their, their vision or their, you know what they think the industry is like just like what's base load and why should it matter. Uh, but again, we um, we do the work that matters. And I think, honestly, in all seriousness, um, it is it is kind of interesting after 25 years in the industry to find that, you know, this is at the top of the president's list. It's at the top of you know, most people's list. And it's exciting. So I love that. Uh, and last but le- not least, number five, but closer to home. Here in Seattle, we have a new mayor and a slightly different balance of power on the Seattle uh, chamber, city council. Um, And I, since I've never worked for a EWEB was a municipal utility, but we had our own elected board uh, who governed us, but I've never worked for a utility that reported into a city council. So I had no idea really what uh, a change in administration meant when a new mayor comes in, et cetera. But I will say that I seem to still have a job. So, and it's like three months, four months in. So I'm calling it good news. And uh, I think that, I think we're going to rock and roll through the year. So that's my, what's, what's, what's going well today.
0: It's like, you knew that the way to our heart was through a numbered list, uh, <laughs> yeah. because that is the surest way for, to win us over is you give us five things in a numbered list. Love it. Every minute of it.
3: Thank you. Well, I have I have lists for everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> but rarely do I cross them off as well as I just said. So oh. that was good.
2: Good to make a to-do list. It's the check marks that are hard. Um, yeah. yeah. Deborah, thank you. Thank you for the inspiration. Paul's right. Uh, probably the quickest way to our hearts here. Um, uh, one of the few areas that we, we keep coming back to um, you'd mentioned, you would know, mentioned coming back into the office earlier um, in our guest interviews, um, keep coming back to in our guest interviews, I should say, is, is, uh, is one that I know is, is close to your heart as well, which is attracting, retaining, and recruiting talented, capable, diverse, and hopeful new professionals to public power. Um, and I'm hoping you, you have a public power pitch or maybe even a list of public power pitches uh, that the rest of us could, could add to our recruiting weapon repertoire. Um, specifically, i uh, hoping to hear your thoughts um, and, and your perspective on the role uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, will play in attracting these people, um, retaining their services, and, and recruiting them across the finish line, um, and how you work to kind of apply those perspectives uh, in practice.
3: Yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, what Matt said, so born, he was born in 81. My oldest son was born in 86. And it is interesting because at this point, um, a lot of the folks that I get to work with every day really are about the age of my adult children, because I have five adult adult children. They are partnered They are all partnered off um and it wasn't always like that and I remember when I would attempt to take lessons learned from home when I had kids your age Matt and bring them to the office and for some reason that didn't go over well people people sometimes felt insulted that that I was thinking of them as one of my children but today that's no longer true in fact um, I learn an awful lot about how to be relevant in today's workplace from my children And so, because they are all successful professionals in their own right, and it's super helpful. So, um, you know, yes, we are, I mentioned uh, to folks when we were prepping for this call, we have a 16% vacancy rate at Seattle City Light right now, which is a lot. Um, It is definitely, you know, you reach a point where I think having gone through the process of getting here over the last year or so, anything above around 10% starts to really be noticeable. And that extra six points definitely is impacting how we serve our customers and how well we can. So we are out there looking for new people all the time. And I'll tell you, one of the things we are really doing, which uh, we've never done before, is we are leaning into our employees. And we are providing tips and guidance to them. Our people and culture group, which is what we call human resources, are saying, hey, start talking to your friends and family about what a great place this is to work and all the things we have to offer. Here are some tips, here are some talking points. Um, We're really changing how we do recruiting and we're working on a different approach with LinkedIn. Um, In the past, we used to do very specific, very granular uh, job descriptions, position descriptions. I can tell you that because I remember that you have did the same thing. Well, what we're trying to do now is we're trying to post position descriptions that are broader um, they are, they're, I'm not looking for a purple squirrel. I'm looking for somebody who can come and bring value to the utility, to the customers we serve. And then I think the last thing I'll say, and then I do want to talk a little bit about diversity, equity, inclusion, is we're being very mindful of the fact that the great recession is really about folks choosing to prioritize purpose over pocketbook. And, uh, and so when we talk to potential employees, and even when we talk to our employees, because as you as you pointed out, that retention is just as important. We're trying to talk about the value that we bring and the importance of the product and service and, and why, why we can do better, because we can do better, and how they can be part of helping us do better and why their role in positioning us as a utility of the future is critical. And why we really do need young, committed professionals, as well as seasoned, uh, experienced utility executives in order to run this utility. It takes everyone. Um, And there's a lot of opportunity right now. So we are also talking about that as as we begin to turn over, we're going to have quite a few positions at the senior level turnover in the next two to three years. And that all trickles down. And there's going to be lots of spaces for people to move into and to grow and that oh, I said that was my last point but one more point I'm going to say we are we are moving away especially maybe not so much in the entry level positions but every position that opens up you know, does trickle down we are really working hard to say um, it's not about the technical skills I can train you on the technical skills it's about hiring for leadership skills hiring hiring people who are going to align with what we're trying to do, but bring value and bring new ideas that we've never thought of. So that's, that's what we're doing. Let me talk a little bit about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So long ago, um, and this is really key to how I think about it, long ago and far away, when I worked at E-Web, um, we, were, we were we went through a period of time where literally everyone went through Crucial Conversations training, and it's a curriculum. It's offered by a company named Vital Smarts. And I wound up becoming one of the trainers. And, and then ultimately, when I moved to Central Lincoln, we put all our employees through it and I continued to train. So Crucial Conversations, one of the Crucial Conversations is a great curriculum, but it's it's stuff that you know most development programs cover. So it's it's not rocket science, but their language talked about something called the pool of shared meaning. And the idea was is that you want people to put their thoughts, ideas, perspectives into the pool. And that when you're having a crucial conversation, it's my job, if I'm having a conversation with Paul, it's my job to make it safe for Paul to put whatever he's got on his mind into that pool. Because if he doesn't, it's still there in his mind, which either means I'm missing something important, or two, it means I don't really know what's going on with Paul. Neither of those are good places to be. Um, So, you know, we believe, I believe that uh, the more information, the more diversity of thought perspective, et cetera, that goes into that pool, the better the outcome, the more apt we are to avoid blind spots and the fewer unintentional hurts. So number two. As public utilities, uh, we are owned by the people we serve and we should be relatable to all of them. I mean, I, you already heard me talk about relevance. And so, you know, there's, there's so many different isms, right? I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna try to have this conversation without talking about a lot of them it because it's almost like at this point, the risk is I don't want to leave something important out because I don't have the right words. But as a relatively diverse city in the Northwest, I want to say that that Seattle City Light has a diverse customer base, and our employee population should reflect that. Um, But two, I want to throw out in addition, when I think about having come from central Lincoln, which was a rural utility. um, It was you know, it was it was there was not the kind of racial diversity that there certainly is here in Seattle. And yet even rural primarily white utilities benefit greatly from diverse perspectives when we receive them from employees who come from different racial gender social economic and even neural backgrounds and i mean that's one that we're starting to talk about more and more right people think differently um, and there isn't a right or a wrong way to think and and actually that's some of the, that that's some significant value and yet some of the folks who 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 think most creatively have have run into a lot of obstacles in their life well let's create a world where that's not true and i think the future of work work, work the future of work work that we're doing right now, uh, part of it will will deliver that. Number three, young employees are, in my opinion, quite frankly, less concerned about the color of their colleague's skin or who their colleague sleeps with. Um, having a diverse workforce demonstrates that commitment and is an important recruitment tool. I see that in my kids. They just don't care. It isn't like it isn't like um, they're so enlightened. It's just not as it's just not as important. You know, and and it's and so maybe you guys feel that way, and and I hope you do. I hope we all do. Uh, number four, last point. So, it, so those are all things around how you how you recruit somebody. Um, but what about the equity inclusion inclusion component? So, in my mind, ultimately, the job of any leader is to provide an environment where people, all people, can come to work and feel safe and supported and able to do their best every day. Note, I said environment, not building. And I really thought about that as, as I was writing that down because even if you're working at home, I do believe that as the employer, as an employer, I am creating your work environment. It might mean, I might be providing you with equipment. Um, I'm certainly providing you with the tools, whether it's Teams or Zoom or whatever you use and and everything that goes with that. So I'm still responsible for that environment, even if it's a flat screen. Um, The only way people feel safe, you know, and what we've learned through the pandemic Uh, is that while physical safety can mean the difference between going home at the end of the day or not, emotional safety can mean the difference between coming back to work the next day or not. And so I am super committed to creating an environment that honors both. You know, and I think when we look back on the pandemic, that really is one of the great learnings. It started out where it was all about physical safety. And probably for the first six, nine months, that was true. And I think come probably in my mind, October so or so far of, of 2020, when we started to see the, the numbers really tick back up and people became frustrated and it became hard, um, we started recognizing that our employees' emotional safety and their emotional wellness was just as critical as their physical safety. Um, at least... For office employees, I never want to say that that's true for high voltage. But even there, to the extent I have an employee who's engaging in work that is is physically demanding, risky, etc., I want their heads fully in the game, and I don't want if if they're struggling emotionally, if they're struggling um, with stuff that's going on, they're not they're not physically safe. So that's that's how I would connect that. I think it's super important.
2: lot to process uh, there. I think that yeah. was brilliantly said. And thank you. Um, you can tell when all three of us go off mute and still take a moment to process.
0: <laughs> Paul, you were saying, sir. Well, uh, to get to like the diversity, uh, the value of the diversity of thought and the need for a safe environment where people feel like they're heard, valued and appreciated, some might even say, in wow. order to be able to offer their, their thoughts and, and bring their diversity to bear and their different ways of thinking. Um, I'm, I'm wondering how you mentioned at the beginning, like this idea that you're rethinking some of your position descriptions and the way you frame. Can you talk a little bit about how you've marketed to non, uh, non-traditional paths to electric utilities? Are you trying to recruit philosophers and um, arts and letters? Uh, are, is, is that part of what you're doing is trying to get, hey, I need some more... Uh, soft skills, or is it, hey, I need the skills, but they can be working in oil and gas, and they can come work for Seattle City Light. Can you talk a little bit about the different backgrounds and flexibility of background?
3: I can try. I wish, I would say, I don't know that we're as far along there as I'd like us to be. And part of what is challenging in our environment in Seattle, I don't don't know if you guys are all aware of this, but most of our jobs are unions. So um, all but about 100 people of the quote about around 1800 authorized position are in a union. Our managers and supervisors are in unions. And um, a lot of our employees are called strategic advisors. They have working titles that are much more defined And it's in the definition of the working title and the tasks. So it's the knowledge, skills, and abilities, the piece of of most position descriptions that tend to, you know, I get so focused in on what I need you to be able to do that three quarters of the PD is talking about specific tasks and skills you're going to do. And then somewhere in there, it throws in the notion of leadership skills. We're trying to flip that. And we're trying to say that. and again not all jobs are the same so there's certain jobs where i do need you to have a technical a very clear technical skill set and i think i think you guys are all at a point in your careers where the the farther up you go the more your job is about living with and clarifying ambiguity for other people so i often yeah. tell managers and super, supervisors that a big part of their job is dealing with ambiguity and during COVID a big part of our job as leaders was to resolve as much of that as we could for frontline workers so that they could get their jobs done. So if I want you to do that, if I want you to be a person that can resolve ambiguity for yourself and for others, um, there are probably characteristics about you. Uh, In in other words, what I want you to do is I want you to be flexible and agile, right? Okay, so there are ways to get at that. And if I'm not asking, if all of the questions I'm asking you in the interview are about your technical skills and the skills that you bring to the job, I'm never gonna get at it. And that's really what I wanna know because theoretically I can check on your technical skills in a number of different ways. So having said all that, because we are in a very union organized uh, environment, it is challenging to make dramatic changes the way that you could do, or that some could do in the private sector, um, and that even some utilities could do who have a, a smaller uh, union footprint. So we're still figuring it out. I don't have the answer for you. I know that's why you brought me on here, was because someone told you that I would yeah, have. You the had answer. the answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly and now right.
3: I feel like you're probably not even going to run this episode because.
0: Yeah, I mean, then we may cut all this. I mean, that's right. just well, the of the matter, you, right?
3: Yeah, it's going to make you look like you didn't know what was going on by thinking that I did.
0: Yeah, but nobody knows yet. Nobody knows yet. It's, so, not our, so, secret. it's our secret. Maybe nobody will ever know. Um, but I, I, there was one other thing that really resonated with me before we moved to the next topic, which is you know, you mentioned that we're all now the cool kids. It was one of your five things, right? And this is in a lot of ways the the age of electric utility enthusiasm Mm -hmm. and how much can you leverage do you think do you think we can leverage that to kind of recruit recruit more diverse backgrounds because for me it comes down to can i widen the pool of people who think i'm an option because if i can widen the pool of people who think i'm an option i can have more access to really talented people including philosophers like matt i
3: absolutely think that that's true and i think again i think there's Two, but I reserve the right to come up with a third one while I'm talking. So I, think there's I love thing.
0: your numbered list. This is so good. <laughs> it's so good. Crystal Ball is going to be so happy with this.
3: Yeah, I think I think there's there's so how do how do I expand my pool? Um, so one is I sell the the purpose. I mean, so we do noble work, and I want to be clear. And I think public power does more I I don't even know that I actually think that so this is going to maybe blow it blow it for me again but I think the majority of employees who work in investor-owned utilities are just like you and me and Paul and Karen and everyone else they they're not getting most employees are not getting paid a whole lot more than than their counterparts on the public sector um, and they came to the work and they're willing to get up in the middle of the night or they're willing to take on risk and they're willing to do whatever it takes because they feel like it's important work and so I'm just saying that because I generally don't buy into the oh we're public power so we really care about people. And these other people don't so much because 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 they do, in fact, if I talk to like one of my colleagues at an investor on utility. And I was at a meeting last week where I, I said as much, I said, the only difference between you and me is that you make a hell of a lot more money than me. <laughs> so uh, so I think we sell the purpose and then the nobility of the purpose. And I think that we've fallen down on that. And I think in public power, we have focused so much on differentiating on, what, on, on creating that them and us thing. So even when we talk about the value of public power, which sometimes doesn't land, sorry. But what we really can be talking about is the value of doing work that is critical to people's parenting, education, employment, comfort. You know, I've seen Google has a, their vision is to make life easier. You know, and I think what's our vision? And I thought this all the way back at eWeb. Our Our vision on the one hand, what we do is we make life more comfortable. And we make, you know, we make life. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Paul has a great look on his face.
0: Yeah, we're getting a t-shirt that says we make life more comfortable. <laughs>
3: well, I mean, it's true. It's going
0: to be a t-shirt. It's going to be in the merch uh, shop. Look for yeah. it.
3: So I think that's, that's number one. We sell the value of what we're doing. And number two, we sell the moment because this is the moment, right? You want to do yep. something. You want to be part of true transformation. Very, very rarely And I'd have to sit and think about it for me. Very, very rarely does an industry truly transform while in the midst of providing critical products and services. Mm -hmm. I just can't think of many where that's happened. And that's what's happening right now. And I've been in the industry for 25, 26 years. And I mean, for a long time, we talked about change is coming, change is coming. And I think i think we were a little bit like the frog in the boiling water i think it was happening and we really weren't it was getting kind of hot in the kitchen but we didn't really notice and then all of a sudden whoa um and we're in it and you know we're in it and it's hard and unfortunately timing the timing the interplay with covid It slowed us down in some ways, but it also created space for us to think in other ways. And I think as we are coming back together, give an example, public power. Yes, we need to be back in the same room together, but do we need to do it every month? And do we have an opportunity? I don't think we will be doing that. So we'll have an opportunity to come together every few months and people save a lot of time. Can we use that time to imagine the future? And can we sell the future to the next generation and to the people that are out there in the 2030s right now today? That's that's what we got to do.
0: Absolutely, Karen. It sounds like you're going to have a little bit more uh, management of online resources for Public Power Council as part of this transition. <laughs> We're enthusiastic about it.
3: I love, to be honest with you, one of one of the things that I love seeing. Um, And I love both Scots, so, and I would never choose one or or, over the other, I want to go on record with that, but one of the things I do love seeing uh, with Scott Sims is Karen's role has changed, you know, and, um, and I think that's indicative, I do think that is indicative in some ways of, the, you know, the younger Scott, you know. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Just, I mean, director of member services, right? I mean, like director of member <laughs> engagement—that's a good title for Carol. Yeah, I right? think
1: so. But Carol has like, been yeah. pushing for that title.
3: <laughs> her title, ha- her role has changed, and it's,
1: it's true—it has.
3: It's been great to watch and watch you like embrace it and excel at it. Thank and, you. And yeah, so yeah. and and see that Scott's been willing to. Take some risk. Not that it was really risky. Everyone knows how incredibly brilliant you are, but just you know, hey, maybe you don't have everything I was ever looking for on paper. But gosh, you're awesome.
1: Yeah, history major right here. No, there uh, uh, yeah. yeah, there you go.
0: We love the love history that. majors at Public Power Underground. <laughs> It's like, Absolutely. Why don't, we just need to recruit more history majors. That's how we my daughter it who's
1: an attorney was a history
3: major. And uh-huh. yeah, it was a great it, it's a, it was a great background for her. Yeah.
2: one, two and three is uh, and it depends on the year poli sci history and philosophy for uh, for law. Um,
3: I thought you but- were implying that you had done all of them. No, I was like, no, Wait a minute! You no, no. You, you majored in, <laughs> in these three uh, things. I
2: went to school for way too long, but thankfully it only included one. <laughs> like it wasn't major. that long. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think what we need to do is get. Uh, Deborah already made the point around. You know, you've got working titles that may be different. Um, so we give you that really cool official title, director of um, you know strategic member relationships or what have you. But then the working title is simply bouncer.
1: Um, She is a bouncer. That is also true. I do fit the just you know the generic description of a bouncer. So happy to I I am gonna have to shut you
3: down. That's a good one.
2: Deborah, thank you very much for that. We uh we have to take a quick break for capitalism, but uh are you willing to stick around to chat a little bit more after intermission?
3: Oh, I'd love to. Thank you.
2: Brilliant,
0: thank you. Before we get to that mock draft, a word from our sponsor, NWPPA. Northwest Public Power Association believes in public power. For 82 years, NWPPA has supported public power utilities and other associates in the greater Pacific Northwest by offering education, training, communications, government relations, and services like RFP and job postings. In addition to public power, what else is important to NWPPA? Local control, member needs, integrity. quality products and services today nwppa proudly serves 155 member utilities and more than 325 utility industry associate members learn more or register for a class at nwppa.org that's nwppa.org believe in public power now i'll hand it over to matt to kick off the uh the game with deborah okay deborah are you ready for the intermission game
2: we, I have to share something because it's been I've been wanting to cut in with it and I haven't been able to and it'll bug me if I don't. Daryl, you, you made the comment about trying to take the lessons you learned at home to work. Uh-huh. Um, Ray Romano, you remember everybody loves Raymond. He yeah. after he had kids, he took a bunch of time off um, and then came back like three years later to do stand up and uh, walked up on stage and did the whole bit about you know I'm, I'm I haven't done this in a while. I just had kids here. Let me try you know some of the stuff that works on at home and he just. <laughs> He just takes out his car keys and jingles them at the crap. Um, and I always think of that whenever people make comments about stuff that they bring and stuff they learn from home. And well,
3: wait, listen, it listen makes I, can do, I can do a really you, good, I have a six year old grandson, and I can do a really good imitation of an elephant, buddy.
0: Leave it in.
1: Leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in.
0: Leave it in. Okay. Great. Thank Thank you very much for that. Uh, Thank you for that
3: diversion.
0: (laughs) Are you ready for I, I came up with an intermission game. I love making intermission games. I put a lot of effort into a lot of them, including this one. I'm calling it the Fantasy Utility Draft. Okay, Deborah, are you ready for this? Fantasy Utility Draft. Here's the concept. Super
3: super ready. Yeah. Okay. Uh (laughs)
0: So we're for, for, I've explained this already to all of you. I'm going to give the basics for our uh, listeners. Uh, So we're doing a, we're drafting a team of utility professionals from characters on hit shows. So we're going to draft for five different positions. I don't know how long this is going to take. It's going to be fine. Which I don't know. Maybe we'll skip all my draft picks. Who knows? Uh, Positions we're recruiting for CFO, a customer service representative a line foreman, distribution engineer, and a power manager. I think we can all agree those are critical positions in electric utility, right? In that order, though, by round, right? And in that order, that's a very good clarification, Matt. So the first round, we have to just draft CFOs because I was not going to go through the work of assigning each character from the (laughs) TV shows their draft-eligible position as well. I didn't feel as though I was qualified for that. So we're going to pick characters from the hit series Schitt's Creek, Succession, Ted Lasso, and Parks and Recreation. So we get the, the draft eligible characters from those shows. We have to draft them for the utility positions. Are we ready? Because if we're ready, I'm going to start the live draft. Everybody ready? Let's do this. The first, uh, the first team picking their fantasy utility is uh, the Shiv Roy of Public Utility Raiders uh, with General Manager Deborah Smith. So, Deborah, you're up with the first pick of the first round of our fantasy utility draft. Love it. Okay, you're on so the this clock.
3: Is, this is for CFO, correct?
0: This is for CFO. Who will be your CFO? I
3: want I want Jerry Kelman.
0: You want Jerry? You're going to steal Jerry in the first round. <laughs> I got Jerry. Do you name, do you need me to pick her or do you have the app up so you can pick her yourself? Oh, I
3: need you to pick her. Yeah. yeah okay, I'm, not, so, I'm not equipped to do that.
0: Okay. So it should be up. Okay. It's up now. The <laughs> second team, Tom Haverford, the oh. Leslie Higgins of Nelson Road GNT, Matt Shretnik has picked Tom Haverford. Well done.
1: I see okay, that. He next went so up. fast.
0: Stevie Budd of Road Bud of uh, Roadbud Electric or Rosebud Cooperative. Karen Himes as the general manager. Who is your f- first pick did of the I, first let's round? Let's see
1: here. Hold on, I have to see. I'm trying to pick Leslie Nope. Oh, select player.
0: You're gonna pick Leslie Nope as the CFO?
1: Yeah, oh, I am.
0: that's very bold of you. That's very yeah, bold. Well, okay, I tried did to you be, get it?
1: I thought I did. Wait, okay, who it's did, My turn. Who no. did? Wait, I'm
3: sorry. But, so I got Leslie. Wait, who did Matt pick?
0: John
2: Tom Haverford.
1: You question me picking Leslie when he picked Tom. No, I got that.
0: Well, Go he's
2: he's
1: always right. been
0: good with money, right? Okay, he ahead. did it so fast, I couldn't comment. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to win the first round because I'm picking <laughs> Ben Wyatt, uh, Ben Wyatt of Parks and Rec, who is excellent with money. He was the youngest, what, mayor of a town in Park and Rec history or in I don't, that world's history. He's great with money. He manages the budget. I think it's the best that draft of <laughs> that world. <laughs> right. So for the second round... Uh, for round two of the draft, we are picking for a customer service representative. I am first up on round two, and I am stealing April Ludgate as my uh, customer service representative. Bam! I got April.
1: <laughs> it's a good choice. It's, that's, yeah. a, that's a good not choice. That is, take,
0: not going to take any anything from good. anybody.
1: Okay, so that means it's me, and I'm going to go with. It's a uh, it's a, a, like a a three way tie of Schitt's Creek characters for me. But I think I'm gonna go with Moira Rose.
0: Oh, ah. Moira Rose! See, I
2: was oh. I was torn. I was. I, I had was her
1: torn. for line foreman, so I'm <laughs> for just line foreman. That'd
3: be a good.
0: One. <laughs> okay, uh, Matt, you're up yeah, next. Yeah, for, so, uh, for, for customer, customer service for
2: representative, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Roy Kent is the obvious answer for me.
1: That is a good one. I think that's a, that's, that was a really good choice. That's a good Okay, so it's my okay. turn. Oh, it's your wow. turn. So you
2: You're get off. to go twice because we're doing the snake draft. Oh, it's I, a snake trap. I was
1: glad I was not first or last so I didn't have to have okay, a couple Okay, so thing. Yeah. for customer service, I'm going to take
3: David Rose and hope that he brings his husband <laughs> who also had a store. And so I think that, you know, that was- You really...
1: can't steal Patrick. Patrick is one of the people.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. All
1: right. Well, there you go.
3: So I took David Rose for customer service. So now I'm on line foreman. And I think I'm going to take, uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see what, how, excuse me, to see how Kendall Roy does uh, running a line crew. <laughs> Kendall
0: Roy is a line foreman. Okay. Okay.
3: Together. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay, so then now we're back to Matt, the Leslie Higgins of Nelson Road g Logan Roy. Logan Roy. Wow. For
3: a okay. line foreman. Line foreman.
0: Right? Okay. Yeah, I'm here for it, if that's what you think's right. I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. <what> <laughs> well, okay, Karen, got to, who you got? I'm seeing up you your line foreman. Succession, uh, of course.
1: My line foreman is going to be Stevie Budd.
0: Okay. Ooh. I mean- yeah. That's a good Ted choice. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is just there. I'm going to take <laughs> Ted. La- I'm just going <laughs> to take Ted Lasso there. as my line foreman. I think, yeah. one, I think. Ted Lasso is going to make a great line foreman. He's going to. He's going to make sure his people know. You know, Come got enthusiasm to go out there and work. He's got the enthusiasm. I think he's going to be a great line foreman. Might that's a great choice. That
2: is a great that's, choice. That's, I wanted him for power manager. I felt like you know,
0: you know he's available in the third <laughs> round. You just got to take him in the third round. Okay, so wow. now it's back to me for the distribution engineer round four is the distribution engineer and i get ron swanson as my distribution engineer he's just sitting there i got back to back ted lasso ron swanson draft picks i'm like hitting like, it out of the park how can I this utility so is going to be lit this is going to be a great utility he is so ingenuity it has such great ingenuity he's going to solve all of my en- engineering issues with you know baling twine and uh and and a bacon. knife there you go and bacon
1: <laughs> bacon so much okay. bacon
0: is going to be cooking on our transformers okay stevie <laughs> Butt, what do
1: you got uh i've got uh ann perkins as my Oof. distribution oh, manager. i wanted her <laughs>
2: <sighs> okay okay uh, all right so now now i'm looking at my distribution manager yes uh, the,
0: mm-hmm. the distribution
2: engineer pardon me i apologize thank you for that clarification yes, i yes, feel like yes. uh uh keely jones um mm. the
1: mm-hmm.
2: obvious choice as far That's as a I'm good concerned. choice it's an
0: interesting obvious choice okay okay i mean i feel like ron swanson will be make obvious it to me
2: yeah, yeah, that's
0: fine okay so deborah yeah. is anybody else
3: that. here feeling the same way i feel which is like i feel sorry for the people that haven't been picked yet that's always the problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't, tell them, don't tell them but don't I'm tell them gonna, i'm gonna <laughs> go ahead. yeah i'm gonna go ahead me. and i'm gonna pick greg hirsch
0: You're going to pick cousin Greg as your distribution engineer. Oh, man, he's you're you're going to have a really fun utility. It's going to be really great, really fun.
3: Um, I got to find him. Okay, there we go. Check the box. Select the player. Do you really want him? Yes. Do you really, yes, want, you really him? want him? They asked you.
0: You really want him? Okay. <laughs> 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 Lastly, you need to your last pick, Deborah, oh, uh, oh as the Chevroy of Public Utility Raiders. Who is your a power manager going to be?
3: Yeah, and that is the real role, isn't it? The power manager. I think there's I some mean, folks here that might agree with that. Well, obviously,
0: it's. I the, think I'm going to. We are have drafting be, it last. You're going with maybe. Coach
3: Beard. Oh, oh that's yes. a good one.
0: Oh, I love oh. when somebody picks coach beard for their power manager. That's a win. That's a win. Okay, what's <laughs> one of your favorite things.
2: Okay, All
0: right. okay, Matt, All right, well, who you got? Coach beard's off go. the table.
2: I know, I know, but you know, I feel I feel like Rebecca Welton could really do the job. Oh, that well, is who
1: I was going to go with. Oh, okay. now I really got to think about this. Yeah, on the clock. I, I'm,
0: I'm, uh, yeah. What do you What do you got? You're on the clock, Karen. You I have, know. you know, the you the, the top like, picks. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, alexis rose is still on the table know, andy dwyer um, um we also have connor options. roy uh jamie tart is still on the table jamie know, tart my,
1: my <laughs> name is still okay, available i'm gonna scroll through one more time uh, okay double check i'm you, not missing who i want No, i gotta go with alexis rose okay
0: yeah alexis rose yeah. A good no fit. i feel good That's about that it's a good
3: choice okay. I, and, I, I, suppose, I was gonna say connor connor roy he would make a good like
1: I don't know, public relations manager. (laughs) In the sixth round, the round we haven't done yet. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, uh, I feel like there's an obvious choice here that I haven't taken yet. I'm just gonna scroll through. Similarly, yeah, my go check, my check. first round draft pick uh, got taken as first overall. Jerry, who I think, was a great risk mm-hmm. manager here, um, <laughs> but instead, I'm gonna take Leslie Higgins. I think he is the director of football operations for AFC Richmond. I think he has a decent like understanding I of risk and it. business operations. And you know, Leslie Higgins, he's gonna he's gonna fit well with my team. You know. That's really important.
2: He's gonna fit well with your team that my team is named after. I like
0: that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I got all. I got Ron, which is my team. My name. My team is named after. Plus Leslie and some Ted. I got a good team. I got star-studded cast. (laughs) Uh, Everybody. I'm going to run through and provide the for our for our people listening on the Apple Podcast. who may not have followed. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to figure out who won. Okay, the off chance so, they didn't remember every
1: single one. Yeah, of these did you plans. not make notes?
0: <laughs> yeah. So Shiv uh, Deborah Smith, who's the Shiv of Public Utility Raiders, has the first overall pick as her CFO, as Jerry from uh, Succession. As her, uh, actually, I got to go make sure because I uh, probably, customer service representative, she went with David Rose. Uh, David Rose is a customer service representative. For Rachel's. the line foreman, we have mm-hmm. Kendall Roy. Um, for the distribution engineer, we have cousin Greg. And for a power <laughs> manager, she has Coach Beard. Uh, how do you feel about your team, Deborah? before we move on to Matt?
3: I feel like my team is really solid, but I didn't really understand that I needed to, to select <laughs> In order to have her on my team. No, was, you know, yeah. the name
0: works anyway. It works anyway. Yeah. Anyway, but did a great job coming up with it. Yeah, yeah
1: I, think
3: it we're, was... I think we're good at the end of the day. Yep.
0: Okay. Matt as the Leslie Higgins of Nelson Road G&T, as Tom Haverford as his CFO. Interesting choice there. Roy Kent as his customer service What you're looking for is rep. brilliant, I think. Probably gonna get some uh, calls about the F-word on that one. Uh Logan Roy <laughs> as the line foreman. Not gonna take anything from anybody. I don't know if work will get done though, other than uh I don't know. Anyway, Keeley Jones as a distribution engineer and Rebecca Welton as a power manager. It's
1: a good power manager right there.
0: Very good power manager. Okay, mm-hmm. and Steve Karen Heim is the Stevie Bud of Rosebud Cooperative. Has Leslie Nope. As a CFO, I feel like you just wanted to steal her as soon as you could as, <laughs> as the soon first as I round could. draft pick. Like he's on the board, I'm taking it. Yep. it any position, it's positionless. <laughs> exactly. This is positionless utility. Is a positionless utility a real thing, Deborah? I feel like maybe that's where we're evolving to. Um, it's a
1: matrix. It's matrix
3: management. Matrix, everyone matrix does everything, management. and 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 then uh, conversely, everyone does nothing.
0: Everyone. <laughs> Yeah. See, well, so got a utility is,
3: player <laughs> rose is
0: uh karen's uh customer service representative those are going to be long calls and sometimes very short calls uh stevie <laughs> budd will be the line foreman Ann Perkins as the distribution engineer and Alexis Rose as a power manager. Uh, that's a very Parks and Rec's and Shit Creek heavy lineup. I very much respect that. Oh, and me you. as the Ron Swanson of Pawnee Public Utilities, have Ben Wyatt as my CFO. I was thinking more of like the skills and, and aptitude necessary for that role. I feel like Ben really has that. April Ludgate as the customer service representative, also going to be a lot of very short phone calls. Uh, uh, Ted Lasso as a line foreman. We're going to have very uh, like enthused and empowered uh, line working crews. Uh, we have Ron Swanson as our distribution engineer, so that line crew is going to be using a lot of duct tape. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what else he's going to solve all our problems. And a Leslie Higgins as a power manager, an all-star lineup. Thank you very much for playing our game. Congratulations, everybody! You won the game.
1: Everybody won. <laughs>
0: So yeah. I I have two comments. You you make the comments. Uh, uh, yeah,
3: Yeah, oh, I have two comments here. One, it should concern folks how much prep and research Paul put into this. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I mean I'm impressed and yet I'm slightly horrified. Although I will say I did ask Alexa today uh, what wh- where is. <laughs> where is Shits creek where does it take place and i did learn it's a real town in ontario near ontario canada there is actually a town and that's it was named after that and that's that's where it's supposed to be uh that was that was actually number two i said i had two things and i rolled them into one
0: perfect okay we are we're we are out of time can can uh what question do you want uh do you want to talk about markets um do you want to talk about electrification or electrification or uh i don't know electrification
2: what do you
3: want me to talk about
2: well i think we should just dive into it Um, and if the first question takes us a minute great we can have the second
3: i'll go fast Okay. You
2: know, go fast. Uh, th- yeah, that was. Th- that's my comment. That that was a ton of fun, and that took way longer than I thought it would. Um, I'm I'm glad we don't have a hard and stop. We still in move
1: minutes. through it like pretty briskly.
3: <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. I feel really stressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'm stressed oh, right now. I'm
2: <laughs> gonna we'll ask you some you know, easy like... questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thank you again. Um, that was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we won the game. Um, Deborah, we're hoping to touch on markets for a quick moment, uh, which, as usual, seems to be the, the topic du jour. Um, you know, what's what's going on? Well, Kaiso is continuing to pursue EIM expansion while we're going to put the finishing touches on EDAM market design and governance issues. SPP has taken another swing at a custom Northwest solution with their Markets Plus initiative. Uh, the newly formed Western Markets Exploratory Group, or WMEG, has retained the services of, of our friends at Utilicast. Uh, to evaluate regional market structures to improve affordability, reliability, and decarbonization opportunities across the West. So having said all that, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Um, whether they're representative of public power, of Seattle City Light, um, or of just Deborah alone, I I leave entirely to you. Um, Curious, who has it right, what does the future hold, and and what are we we working towards?
3: Okay, so I, I, again, keeping with my theme and my prop for today, I have five comments that I would make about markets. Number one to market, to market, to make some more cash, home again, home again, RTO in a flash. So where is this all headed? Uh, this is, this is headed to an RTO. And it's so it's, for me, it's not really about KISO or SPP or anybody else. It's about what's the best path for the Northwest. I don't think about it in terms of public power, because I think if anything that the last, I don't know, gosh, how many years, 20 years in the look back has proven is that public power isn't going to stand up a market. So this is one of those where we're all in this together. So so it's about what's the best path to an RTO. Number two, markets are about making money. And public power customers benefit when we get it right and are able to offset T and D costs with secondary revenue. So I, 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 markets are pretty easy for me. Um, And uh, number three, I'm a big believer in markets and Seattle participates in the EIM. It's been successful for us. It's been a good experience. Um, And we're very involved in all of the market expansion efforts that you just mentioned, Matt. So we are approaching those from the basis of choice is best for the Northwest. Um, We are not, in order to stay as clean as possible, we haven't even talked about how we will decide what to, what, if anything, to participate in. So, for instance, even though we are an EIM participant, we have not begun to talk about whether we would participate in an EDAM. Um, we, what we really wanted to do was to be able to be in here, because we were asked to be, and to just be the, an advocate for ensuring that the special needs of public power, which really translates into Bonneville, are, are there in whatever options are available, and two, that there are options. So number four, um, as someone who feels strongly about renewables, I got to say what we really need is transmission. That's what we need. You know, we don't, really, we don't really need a market or another market. We need transmission. Markets won't deliver transmission, and they won't equitably allocate the cost of building the big pipes that will be required to continue moving away from carbon and maintain resource adequacy. So that's where an RTO is the most efficient way to get large transmission projects planned, built, and funded. And, um, and so I, I just think that's true. Um, And so lastly, I want to say, and I kind of already said this, choice is good. We don't want to be seen as obstructive. Um, And at the same time, the timing and sequencing of all of the various outcomes is critical. So, you know, that's really the issue. And I think there is, so I think we should be focused, one, on what is the path, the best path to an RTO, and then what is the timing sequencing sequencing, and scale um, of, of that project?
0: When you talk about path, and we're running out of time, but I I just want to get the one thing. When you're talking about path, are you talking about like incremental steps as a path or uh, or like process as a path. Uh, what do you mean by path? Yeah,
3: that's a really and maybe good that's question. too simple yeah.
0: of a question. Maybe yeah, I am no. I'm a simplistic I spent a lot of time on the fantasy utility draft, obviously. <laughs> he,
3: he forgot to study up on markets for this. Yeah. This right. um, no, I don't know. That's a really good question. I think it's both. To be honest with you, no, I think the incremental path is the path that the kaiso has uh, established as their choice. Um, and SPP, because in my opinion, in some ways, you know, they are, you know, I want to be careful because I, I know all of these people and I want to be sensitive and I don't have a favorite, but I think and they that, all listen,
0: right? And they all, yeah, li- you know, they all listen.
3: listen. <laughs> um, but I, I want to say that I think SPP is now working really, really hard to get their stuff in there before Kaiso, who's also working really, really hard. And Kaiso, the, the timing for Kaiso is really problematic because the governance issues haven't been resolved. And so that's why they're focused on an incremental path because they can't go to market for the expand the market without uh, governance fixes and and I think we all know that. And yet it's interesting that SPP is not capitalizing on that and saying, wow, do you guys are you interested in an RTO because hey, we could do that for you and so. Um, I think there is a process component and I think Kaiso is very very clearly playing an incremental
1: step um, strategy.
0: Okay. We better get to the next one.
1: Karen. I think that
2: was
0: very well said. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, Deborah. Public Power Underground is notoriously in the bag for utility-owned uh, electric vehicle public charging and SEL has been following in Classic and IPUD's uh, footsteps uh, with ownership of public charging stations. And we don't have a question yet, just a lot of comments Uh, on on March 30th, you announced a new electric bus charging base, which is incredibly innovative. Moreover, Seattle City Light just developed an electrification study with EPRI. Uh, So here's the actual question. As we consider the energy transition that is dependent on electrifying the majority of our economy. What are the insights you have or that you've garnered uh, through this analysis and experience and the best ways uh, to do the work of the electrification?
3: Oh, that's a great question. And see, I didn't have the question, so my list doesn't necessarily match that. So I'll do my best. Um, I think that we are overly focused on personal vehicle when we talk about personal vehicles, when we talk about electrification. Um, And I think, so for me, the metro, the the mass transit, we are also working with maritime industry at the port of Seattle. We are really trying to focus on in in drayage and the drayage vehicles from the port. We are really trying to focus our efforts on the biggest bang for the the buck, which isn't individual charging. Um, And yes, I drive a Tesla. So I mean, I'm a a big believer in people in, in electric vehicle adoption but quite frankly, that's not it. And especially when you think about equity. So take this back to the DEI question that we had earlier. Um, The majority, certainly not all, and this will change over time, of limited income customers or customers who live in areas or who themselves are part of a population that has been disadvantaged for a very long time, those are also the same customers who often can't afford the investment in an electric vehicle. And so, 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 what? and there are often customers who aren't driving a personal vehicle at all. They're more dependent, at least in the Seattle area on mass transit. So hence our focus on mass transit. We want to get these big buses and um, carbon producing vehicles out of the neighborhoods where historically disadvantaged people have lived because we know that it shortens their lifespan. It is that serious. So our focus on electrification, in electrification, and this includes grid modernization, all the infrastructure that that is the backbone for electrification is to start by doing so in areas that have traditionally come last. So that's why for us, the focus is on port, the focus focuses on Metro, which which is the King County uh, mass transit provider. Um, And then the the focus is on working with, we are citing publicly owned charging stations in areas that are not attractive to the private sector. So again, we want to be the equity provider. So the private sector comes in and they have an interest in the Seattle area and there's lots of folks trying to put for-profit charging structures in place and we work with them all and we're thrilled to do so, but then we come along and we fill in the blanks. So that's, my, that's our strategy. It, 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 the other is it, we, are, we are willing to do different things. So what was most unique about the project with Metro was that we project managed the development of that base station because what they, they came to us and said, hey, we're a governmental entity. You're a governmental entity. Um, we don't know very much about this. How do you like to, to be the project manager and design this for we said, great, we don't really know that much about it either, but we've got a ton of electric engineers and we need to learn. So we did it. And so I think for us, that was probably the first example of really looking for a a diverse revenue stream that wasn't about uh, our side of the meter. That's very
1: awesome
0: um we're gonna great answer i have lots of thoughts uh would love to follow up more but we'll do it later uh, uh i do think i'll just say this i think the alignment between even the urban areas and a rural community like katskin ipud is the investment from private companies is going to be in areas with a lot of traffic right where yeah. there are commercial opportunities and for seattle city light where you're doing you're providing uh the public charging infrastructure in areas that they aren't interested in same thing happens for rural utilities too right we aren't the on the top of the list for some third party to come in and install it that's a great place for electric utility enthusiasts like us to provide electric vehicle public charging
1: infrastructure
3: and it keeps us out of the competing with the private sector which is also you know sometimes an issue And it goes back to the old days of of broadband and and who wants to compete with at&t
0: yeah Okay, so uh, this is right on point for me because electrification is something we, we talk a lot about, Matt and I talk with a lot of uh, different uh, guests on here about the need of people in the electrification like if we're going to increase our retail loads by 50 percent, like jesse jenkins the associate professor of princeton when he came we interviewed him on public power underground it's a great interview talked about 50 percent increase in our retail loads in order to enable this uh transition um saul griffith the author of electrify and rewiring america the founder of rewiring america talks about the billions of machines we're going to have to electrify and the millions of HVAC technicians and electricians we're going to need to do it. And recently on energy Twitter, um, HK, uh, a, a celebrity on Twitter, um, he sent out a tweet that I really, I think, encapsulates my perspective on this whole thing is that it's pretty clear policymakers do not realize how large of a labor demand shock climate adaption will be, unquote, end of tweet. So from my perspective, the scaling up our workforce remains one of the biggest challenges facing electric utilities in the transitions. Question for you, Deborah how, how do we do this well? And how do we do it? Are we ready for this?
3: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking a lot about that here. No, we're absolutely not ready for it. We aren't, um, are we? And people want to, they want to harken back, I hear it in conversations, they want to harken back to the last recession and the, you know, when, when the Aura funds came about and there was a green jobs component and if you got federal funding for anything and people all sat around and talked about how do you create green jobs and really all that was was converting existing jobs into greener jobs, they weren't new jobs. I think that, you know, given how high or how low unemployment was before the before the pandemic hit, where we had a a very well uh, employed population, I think we actually get to lean into that now, which wasn't necessarily the answer back uh, with the last time. Um, So I think what we need to be doing is converting jobs and almost every conversation that I have. And I don't know the answers. I mean, I could say hey, it strikes me that some of the answers are the old answers. Some of the answers might even be the old answers from the the Spotted Owl days of the 1980s when you had a huge loss of jobs in the wood products industry in the Northwest. And so what you did, what the federal government did then was they made large amounts of of retraining dollars available so people could go to school and they could be retrained in a different piece. So all these new people, we need them. We also have all these gas employees and people who are working in the carbon sector who at some point are going to lose their jobs. And that's the, you know, that's part of what is getting in the way of the transformation, right? Is labor cares. Um, You know, people, we all care. We care about those people. So sometimes I talk to Mary Kitt from PSC, the gas utility, who is our neighbor. And that's one of the things for her. It's that she's most concerned about her workforce, making sure that her workforce has a place to land. So we need to be retraining these people. We also need to rethink how we're talking to kids who are coming out of school. Um, There is just a huge, there's going to be a huge amount of jobs and it's kind of like, the old days of energy efficiency so i will throw out one you know this is not a unique idea as well but something that eweb did really really well for a long time and matt i think it ended before you were there but we funded we were a huge funder of a program at the local community college that taught people how to be energy efficiency um, experts so that they could go in their home your home and help you figure out what you needed to do eventually we stopped funding it because the growth of new jobs in that area slowed down to the point that we were paying to educate people who were leaving the region. And and that that didn't make sense. But I think we have a similar opportunity here, but perhaps in a different way and perhaps in a way that partners with labor. I think if we're going to be successful, um, government is going to have to partner with labor on how do we transition jobs for people and how do we provide funding while they're in training for new jobs Um, i worry right now just to be super honest i worry i'm super excited to see what kind of funding streams come our way as a result of our work and and the, the infrastructure bill when we think about build back better and we think about some of the funding that's in that piece that hasn't that hasn't yet passed around energy efficiency i think for me to deliver those services to customers the volume of additional people that i would need is just off the chart and uh, yeah, so i don't have the answer but i think we better get started
0: matt you came off but uh, do you want did you have something there no go ahead well, you mentioned you have a 16 percent uh, unfilled positions right. currently. and like it's it's a just exponential burden right on top of you don't have enough people, you have enough people to go find more people. Um, so it is it, in my perspective, it is we need to be doing this now. You need to be finding those uh, govern uh, other organizations, uh, community colleges where you can fund programs now because we need them. I, my now. perspective is really soon. We need them now, yeah. and then we're going to need more of them. More of them, really, really, really soon.
3: Yeah, I think that you're right, and I think that. But but then add one more leg to that stool, because I think about the you know what's fueling the Great Resignation, and we talked about some of that already. But so the in our industry, and I don't know about your utilities, but in our industry, and certainly at City Light. We think of ourselves as a place-based organization um, and so what that refers to is that we do work in physical places and our, fo- our ops teams they're out in at your home they're in the right-of-way they're at our facilities and so we are not we have not yet um, made any decision or chosen we have chosen not to offer full-time remote work And as we look at how we add people now, some of those jobs are place-based jobs. You know, if I'm doing energy efficiency work, I need to be able to show up at my, my customer's home. But some of the jobs that we need are not and even some of the support jobs. So to your point, the folks who are doing recruitment and, you know, screening people. And those are jobs that some of these folks are leaving and saying, hey, I can go do this work remotely 100 percent. And that's what I want to do. And I'm going to move out of state. And Seattle's too expensive of a place to live. And so you you have a lot of stuff. You know, so that's just another layer. It is adding to the complexity and is going to really challenge our ability to stand things up quickly and to do exactly what you just described.
0: Yeah, but for me, that's some of the exciting part of it too, because you're a place based organization, the value to the people in your community, right? They see it, they feel it, you're in there right away, you're in their homes doing it. So there's so much value that we can provide as electric utilities as a place based organization, that is in unique advantage amongst some of our other peers that may work in our community, but aren't as place based as us. I think it's, I I agree. Exciting uh, proposition.
3: Yeah. I agree. It's just that not, you know, when we were talking about what a younger workers want, some of them don't, they don't necessarily want that. And, and and it's challenging. Um, I feel like we, I feel like for us just to close that loop saying one or two days a week, that is as much of a compromise as that. I can feel comfortable offering at this point could change. I'm sure it will change. I think uh, the only thing I'm certain is that it will change. Yeah.
1: about <laughs> that good thing to be certain. Go. of.
2: That, then, right. uh, that, that might be the right place to end that one. Um, the one thing we know for certain is change. Um, aside from that, we've got some really good ideas and it's a really good conversation. Um,
3: right. I'm sorry. That, <laughs> did I take a off?
2: No. Oh, that was Jeez, great. no, please do not apologize for any of that. That was fantastic. Yeah,
0: that's what um, we're here for i mean i love talking about this stuff Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about this stuff also passionate about public power underground merch so similar (laughs) to how uh uh uh, yasper has asked xavier to bless his track on the hit show the after party i'm wondering if you're willing to bless my track um and and endorse the public power underground merch for electric utility enthusiasts soon to have an item in the store that says we make uh, life more comfortable? Uh, you really ready, ready to bless this merch?
3: I bless this merch. I love this merch. In fact, I buy, I was thinking about this. I buy my team members uh, Christmas and birthday gifts each year. And I think my team uh, members are all going to receive some of this amazing underground merchandise for their Christmas 2020, holiday 2022 gifts, and I can't I wait. I breaking
0: it. news. Breaking news. You're welcome, everyone. You got some public power. <laughs> out of the
1: and news. I have
3: a new I have a new grandson coming in September. So I'm going to have to order the onesie and make
1: sure that it's here. We gotta got to teach kids the about the
0: demand balance constraint. Karen, your sure. kids coming out with one, right? It's going to be great. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's going to be looking great from the get go. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming out with one. <laughs> I
0: don't that, think that,
2: that'd it's be loose. a trick. It's loose. It's loose. It's loose. <laughs>
1: that'd be a trick
3: <laughs> well oh, that was, uh, and that if, he, if that happens secretary. if he comes out with one i want him on my team I want. Him to be <laughs> <with my time. laughs> he is ready from the get-go
1: oh,
0: it's gonna be a recruiting battle for karen for karen
1: and karen's children it's a recruiting
0: battle i'm
1: here, Speaking to, of recruiting. I'm here with
0: the enthusiasm
2: I, I've got, so my whole family is now decked out in this. I've got them being shipped to, to my father and his wife back East. We've got it all here. Um, and, and the team will be receiving him for the holidays as well, to your point. Deb. Um, but the, uh, uh, the point I wanted to make with respect to recruiting, Paul, the other thing that we heard from Deborah earlier was, um, you know, a part of the solution, right? Be a part. Be a part of the moment. Be a part of the solution. You want to talk about recruiting public power? Part of be a part of the solution.
0: There you go. Part of the solution. I have a pitch for why public power is is like it's a great it provides great value to communities and is even better. Like that mission is a really sweet spot for uh, for people. I'm happy. I love I love public power. I love electric utilities. All of us we're great people.
3: We are amazing people.
0: That's,
1: uh, I'm glad uh, we all agree on that.
3: And and I feel, I, I'm so happy that I got to spend, you know, an hour plus with such amazing people.
2: Tom Karen, are you going to text line? I'm awesome at being humble.
0: <laughs> are you going to text uh, Scott Sims? Let him know Deborah's going to be late, Karen. Yeah, weird? I'll send
1: him that text. <laughs> okay.
0: Scott, we're sorry she was late. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, Matt, right. are you closing thank this you. out? Matt's closing this Thank out. you so much for the
2: out. conversation and uh and your patience um, and generosity with your time. Um, Paul's going to put links to everything mentioned uh, in the show notes today. Um, where obviously it probably goes without saying at this point, you'll also find links to merch. Uh, thank you so much once again for your time. And we sincerely hope this was fun. And we sincerely hope that you will come back and join us again in the future.
3: Oh, I will, but only if you promise that next time I can actually win the game. Because the fact you that you all no, you said no, we all see won, Paul. There's we gotta all be a winner. It was exactly what I said would happen because you're millennials, everyone got a trophy. <laughs> this was the
2: problem I had initially. This was my yeah. question to Paul. He really I said, did. There did. Did. many I
0: questions
1: about it. There
3: did. was, was personalities snackers. abound. There was no snack or juice
1: box after the game. <laughs> okay, where are the we orange slices? Exactly. To bring us <laughs> All right, guys, I gotta run. I gotta go yeah. to the <laughs> you gotta go. Enjoy Enjoy dinner. Enjoy your dinner. Thanks for Very much. We're over at Yeah.
0: Thanks to Deborah, Karen, and Matt for the really informative conversation. Great conversation this week. To make sure you don't miss the next episode or other great bonus content, you can sign up for an unintrusive newsletter with links to all the ways to consume this fascinating We're content at publicpowerunderground.substack.com. Otherwise, you can subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or your favorite podcast
1: app. You can
0: also find a link on our Substack page to buy, to buy fabulous merch from. Shopify. I should have had that perfect. website up. Sometimes Maybe I'll just take a brief a bust, moment here we'll to go search on, for Public yes, Power Underground on. merchandise. Yes, roll I found it. Uh, the on, link's and easier and to find on. if you go to our Substack page, roll but it's like public on, and dash and power on, dash and underground dot my Shopify com and Just go to our Substack, it's a super easy website to find. New merch ideas were included in this episode. Um, so to check to see if I have actually gotten that merch up on our Shopify page you should, uh, you should go check out the website when you hear this to see if we get the we make life more comfortable Deborah Smith quote on maybe a shirt you want or a mug I don't know where we're going to put it yet um, by the time you hear this it may be on something or it may not just come back later if it isn't yet you don't have to be subscribed to News Data to get this podcast but it sure makes our podcast make a lot more sense that's all for this week thanks for tuning in Public Power Underground is a production of Klatskinite PUD and News Data. The views expressed are our own and not the official views of Klatskinite PUD, News Data, or the organization of the guests also appearing on Public Power Underground. Public Power Underground is public power and public power, and public power adjacent news from a power department's perspective. It's written and directed by Klatskinite PUD's power department, led by me, Paul Dockery, and it's edited and published by the stellar team at Pioneer Utility Resources, led by associate producer Sarah Wooden. Our theme song, Roll on Enthusiast, was rewritten, performed, and recorded by Aaron Gillery and Ian Bledsoe. Public Power Underground for electric utility enthusiasts. Public Power Underground, it's work to watch.